Well, no, I've just never been here before. I was just having flashbacks. I, I thought you were taking me back to last year. I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want to go there. Yeah. We good, Rich? Yeah. Good, David. With all the work you do on in-game situations, yeah. how gratifying is it to have it come to fruition this early in the season? And does that help you kind of install things as you go forward? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, uh, the, the last sequence of plays was a was a church timeout uh, situation. We have families that we we you know break down our game management playbook. So um, just to, you know the control, you know, you know, starting with Dak out there, and you know we had some things to anticipate. That didn't happen there um, at the end, and you know we had the substitution uh, situation. Um, but yeah, it's uh, frankly it's what we talked about the night before the game. You know these games usually come down to the to the end, and just trust your training. We've we've put an enormous amount of time into the, these game situations, uh, reps, and I thought our players handled it very well. How do you stay calm in these situations as the head coach, knowing that? Someone can go wrong. Someone can go right again. Well, I mean, just I mean, there's really good dialogue. The network of communication for the game situation is, um, you know, like I said, we've we've put a lot of time into it here. Um, just you know, starting there, you know, was it uh, second down? You know, we, we made a substitution uh, because we wanted to take the risk out of the uh, the type of run that we ran. You know, I'm sure if you recall the, the play, this you know the sweet jet sweep, but we call it cricket. It's the open side, and. Um, you know, just because you know there's a lot of officiating going on in the game, you know, so that's you, know, you just I say that right? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Um, so <laughs> just being smart there, and you know, frankly, you know, um, uh, the crew in the box, we were anticipating them calling a timeout there. Um, so, um, but then we had to. One of our guys went outside the numbers, and so at that point, we you know we got to this 17 second threshold, and and that's when the. Uh, I've just never seen that happen. The clock, the clock that I was looking at went out, and then Kellen was blocked by the clock he said he was looking at. Next thing you know, there's nine seconds left. So, but we got it done. Was Tony tired at that point, or was there a personnel change? Was he trying to? Uh, well, we went out? from eleven to twenty, you know, to Pony. Uh, so, and I just think you know because he, he went in to run that play, we had more reps in that um, in that particular uh, personnel group. You know, which you know it's not common to substitute. In two minute, but like I said, there was anticipation uh, with them having three timeouts left. When you looked at the film, it seemed like he kept outside. He had more yards, and he probably could have run out of bounds. He cut it back yeah. in on that sweep. Uh, yeah, but it, you know, once again, I, I think the most important thing here, because you, you know, we're just trying to get yards. You know, I, I don't disagree with the thought about going out of bounds and so forth. And and I think Tony is, uh, you know, his running style, his ability to get north and south is is is. Uh, Really unique, so yeah, I, didn't, I didn't have a problem with the with the do decision. You, do you follow the clock on the overhead board, or does it change? Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, so no, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad it happened. I was just I was telling a story on the plane last night. That you know, the last place I worked, we had, you had a permanent one right there on the on the fifth yard line. So you know, because a big part of coaching, and it's kind of why we review it on Saturdays, is. You know, every coach has a responsibility, and you have to keep your eyes. You know, your eyes need to be. You know, whether you're watching the backside in the run game, or if you're watching the, you know, the backside in the coverage. So, and it's no different for for, for me as a uh, head coach, especially when you're calling the plays. You know, I'm used to you call plays, and then you got to get your, you know, you, you know, set your eyes. So I was watching the. 
um, the clock, you know, across the field they're by the you know twenty yard line the whole game, and so then all of a sudden, you know, some marketing or something. I don't know what the hell it was. I don't know, you know, just things such. Yeah, kind yeah. of get everybody crowded. So, so yeah, just when you think you're seeing it all in this league, some something else happens. So well, something like that. Did you report it to the league and ask for a? I mean, because again, I mean, it's or, or is it only the clocks on the field that they control, or how does that go? That's what. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that ring here. No. Yeah. I'm not buying that. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's. I mean, it's a great point. But uh, I think, like anything, you know, um, I'll just. I'll, I'll use. I'll use the, the the end zone clock from here on in. So. You know, it's uh, and that's the first thing you you always do when you go in a new stadium. And last year, it was a little bit of an issue, but I just assumed it was the first game. You know, just because you know there was there, there was I mean there was no one in the so was, you know the operation wasn't normal last year. So, um, but yeah, that's you know that's part of having experience in the league. And you know we talk about the vital signs of your you know your, in your review for each and every game, just you know your clock and. Uh, every, you know, keeping everybody in tune with that too. So, but, you know, we obviously have people in the box watching the clock too. So, we, we, we were fine. Is that, it, yeah, again, I was going to say, is that a credit to the preparation you're, you're planning, also the tours that got on the field? Because everybody else were like, what's going on? You know, they're talking yeah. running down and we're thinking it's chaos. And, yeah, and, well, and well we're talking on the headsets, so. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah. No one panicked yeah. and it worked out, even though from the outside look at it, like, what, what are they doing? Yeah, and, and then Dak, you know, once again, we were in field goal range, you know, and, um, you know, once again, it, it, we were, the second on call was when we were, we, we were just trying to lower the risk for what we were calling, you know, and, um, but yeah, you know, Dak just, you know, just talking with him in the quarterback meeting, he just is like, yeah, we were in field goal range, so, you know, once again, there was a, we were, there was anticipation of them calling the timeout, and it didn't occur, so, um, and that's why we kicked it at four. 56 yards is field goal range. What's the edge of field goal range for you guys? What do you mean? Well, you know, 56 of the percentage aren't very good to, to make. Yeah. I'm just wondering if they're, you have like maximums that you say, okay, we got to get to this place for him to kick it. Well, I mean, you know, the line going in was 40. You know, that's, that's, that's the operating. It's usually, in my, my experience, uh, it's something that you, you know, not only grade your. Kicker, but you also grade the kicker, the other, the other, the opponent's kicker in a pregame. So, and it's something you just keep on your call sheet. So, um, and particularly indoors, you know, it's it usually gets up to the, to the forty. Now, when you're an outdoor team, like the average in the past was always 34, 35, You know, thirty, you know, sometimes even thirty-three. You know, um, up there in Green Bay. So, I mean, that's that's all part of your, you know, preparation during the week and your pregame preparation. Do you adjust that much based on what the kicker does in that pregame? Well, you just you, you just well, you, you have it, you know, going in. That's part of the advanced scouting report that's going on right now. So, I mean, that's that's what we do on Mondays. But uh, so you have a range. Bones will break it down based on the tape, you know, the tape and you know his you know his history and, and so forth. And then you know then we have someone chart that, that charts it in pregame. So then and then with that you have a because you know, that's because Dan needs that information. You know, just you know, just like last week in Tampa. You know, I, I think I think the Mark Air was uh, 
was 40, uh, but you know, it, it, you know, like anything, if you can keep because it changes the trajectory and you know, and it also may put you in a certain type of rush. You know, so you know, all those things factor in your game plan. Mike, uh, how, how how much is Tony Pollard's success directly related to Zeke and the threat of Zeke and the one-two combo part of that? Well, I, I think you know the fact that they 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 play um, the run styles play off of one another is very useful, especially for game plan, and um, and the fact that you don't have to get you don't have to lean one way or the other too, because you know Tony can run all the concepts, and LC Zeke can run all the concepts. So uh, with the balance we were looking for, I think Zeke was what uh, 44 plays and Tony was uh, uh, 21. So I mean that's. And this, it's a long year, so that I, I really like the combination um, that we're using there. So I, w I would say they complement each other very well. It's part of their both of their success. Is why I'd answer your question. What's the process been like? Just gauging how much, from a snap count standpoint, putting on Mike Mike's plate, you know, the positions he's been doing, yeah. based on what he's shown thus far. Do you feel like he's ready for more? Well, you mean more as far as play time or? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just like anything. You, you, it's based on what position he plays. You know, and, and obviously he's he's playing outside. He's you know he's rushing against three hundred ten pound men, three hundred twenty pound men. So, um, so that's all factored into. We we have a projected play time um, that in our final review with the coordinators we go through Saturday mornings. So we have a projected play time for every player. So and, and no different from Micah. Is that what you're looking for? I suppose so. I guess I, I look at him and I look at Basham and I look at Dorrance and you know, Micah, his productivity is pretty off the charts. And so, given, I understand that the comparison is a little different compared to like a linebacker, but at his position, it, it seemed like maybe he might be ready for more. Well, I think this. He, he plays two positions. Um, he, he creates targeting challenges for the offense. So, uh, we'll, we'll maximize that opportunity the best we can. But, you know, I think we all recognize the week that we went through last week. You know, we had some changes midweek, and so that, that all factors into it, too. The ones in the tank was still a little bit better than what you thought? Because you said he was pretty good at the game. Oh, I, yeah, he graded out very well. Um, I thought he played very well. And I think really the, the way the game started was exactly what we were looking for. So, um, and, and I thought Terrence took that opening drive and, and just carried it through pretty much the whole game. So. Yeah, I, I, th I thought he played extremely well. How did Damari come out with the ribs? And anybody else uh, kind of get? Yeah, a couple guys. Yeah, Mari had the ribs. Um, I think he, he put, you know, we'll, we'll see Wednesday how he feels. Um, we'll go, we'll go a mock game only on Wednesday. So our, our Wednesday type practice will be on Thursday. But uh, Carlos Watkins has a knee sprain, and uh, Dorrance Armstrong has an ankle. Did Mari just bruised or infection or ribs or? Um, I would probably put in the, in the classification of bruised. The mock game is because you have a game on Monday, I assume. Yeah, we're kicking everything. It's a bon We call it a bonus Wednesday. Did they get a victory Monday? No, they didn't. Huh? No, no, we worked today. Okay. It was growth Monday. If you're, if you're, you know. <laughs> That's the Fierce Friday, growth Monday. Opponent Wednesday, <laughs> workload Thursday, launch Saturday. So there you go. What else you want? You, you, talked, you, you talked about it last night about needing that victory, building on it with these three home games. It's important to you know, establish yourself at home and you got a chance to really get on the roll right now. 
Well, I think like anything, you, you, the, the home opener is always special. I mean, in, in the fact that we're going to be playing in front of our home crowd, you know, especially after playing in front of our home crowd this, you know, yesterday was cool. But uh, no, but yeah, it's you, to have three three in a row. I mean, you, you definitely want to take advantage of that. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. But you know, at the end of the day, these games are so hard to win, especially on the road. Um, and then the hardest games, in my opinion, are division games, and that's really where the focus is on. Um, I didn't even talk about the three games uh, to the team. You know, we're we're all about Philadelphia right now. Mike, has Randy Gregory been cleared from the COVID list, and do you have any other changes to COVID? Uh, Randy, uh, my understanding is Randy will be in the building uh, Wednesday is when he'll return. It was just reported that the Eagle Zach Ertz has been put on the COVID list. How does that, that, that change your defensive philosophy? Uh, we're, not, we're not that far into it. So, um, you know, frankly, we, we just finished up with the players at 2.30, and, and uh, we're having our advanced scouting meetings. You know, current as you know, that's going on right now. So, once we dive into the game plan tonight and tomorrow, we'll we'll see how it shakes out. I think Layton drew three holding calls and his play time. I don't know, his play time production per snap something you guys monitor. He's pretty thirty-seven snaps, seven tackles, the sack, the holds. Do you guys break it down that way? Yeah, I mean, we have a we have a. Um, you know, software that we developed here in, uh, internally that's uh, pretty much you know charts everything. You know, playtime production. Uh, we also keep track of all the fundamentals, the, the technique, uh, because not only we grade them for their performance, we're we're always as a, as a coaching staff, we're always building the next cut up. You know, we're always you know so all the things we practice, we practice, and all the things we do in the game. So uh, it's a it's a very extensive grading process that our coaches do a great job with. With Randy back, what do you kind of envision for Micah without giving away any secrets? Will it be similar to what he did, or will it be kind of a little bit about what he had? Really, the game plan will answer that. Um, you know, obviously they're 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 a new coaching staff. Uh, I had a chance to watch them. Uh, what's you know probably the first three quarters on, on TV yesterday. Uh, you know, while I was at the stadium, so I mean, you know, they're doing a. A lot of spread offense, you know, it looked like mostly all spread uh, just at the time I was watching them. So, you know, the, the game plan will answer that. You know, last night you were talking about after after losing Lawrence last week and you talked about the adjustment that was made defensively, I think was how you termed it as far as the scheme. Can you walk us a little bit through that process? Because that happens we have an injury to a key player where yeah. you already have the defensive or offensive game plan. The guy goes out in practice. How does that work from that point going forward? As far as well, usually, I mean, the, the first thing, and, and 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 I learned this from Marty Schottenheimer, and, and when you're assistant coach, you you really don't like it, but now that you're head coach, you clearly understand it. You, you usually cut your volume. So anytime you have sudden change, um, whether it's in a game, um, personnel during the week, uh, the the normal process is usually you, you cut back on your volume, and that's frankly what we did. What stood out on Zach Martin's film? Oh, I thought it was very physical, and I thought as a whole, um, I thought as a whole that the offensive line, this is you know the two of the two games we played, um, just the way we were apexing the run. I, I thought we did a really good job commanding the line of scrimmage, and uh, you know, and I, and I think Zach, you know, graded out extremely high. Um, so with that, I thought I thought he had a hell of a game. Y'all expressed belief in Greg after last week, also, but. Is there any more faith in him after this week, and why did you decide to give him a game ball? Well, he made the game-winning field goal. So, I mean, it was 
pretty easy. Um, but you know, he he had a great week, um, and you know, and I think. Like all of us, you know, he's our teammate. He's our brother. You, 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 you know, you obviously want to win the game, and 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 for him to have that success, um, he, he definitely earned it. And so, but I, I mean, he, you know, he also won the game ball for special teams this week. You know, we we hand out a game ball um, after each win. Now we'll present that to the players on Sunday. So, offense, Tony Pollard was a game ball winner. Um, on defense, J. Ron Curse was a game ball winner, and. And Greg was the game ball winner on special teams. What's is that good news? I see like I was on her phone. Yeah, that's, <laughs> said some, 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 said some good today, Rich. How about that? <laughs> Tweet the game balls. Tweet the game balls. <laughs> what's um, what's Curse giving you these first couple of games? He's played almost all the snaps. No doubt. Um, I thought he was all over the field. Number one, I love his play style, and his intensity, his production. You know, I, I, you know, he had to. He had the interception, in my view, that was a that was a tough call to see it go against him. I thought it was a really good coverage on it. Excellent, you know, Jared Cook um, played him outside leverage there. So, um, but he's a he really he's he's really the utilization of him in matchups is is has been a, a real asset for us. But I uh, just love the way he played both, you know, in the run and the pass. Versatility, be able to come around. Play Absolutely. Slots home. Absolutely. Is there a name? I don't. I hope it's not proprietary. Just leave me to call it, but. When you, got, you got three safeties on the field at one time. Yep. What, what, what is the name? It's proprietary. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, you've coached a million games. Uh, does yesterday's win constitute a, a stealing a win? Stealing a win? Yeah. No. Escaping with a win? Not at all. I, I think we clearly went in there yesterday uh, expecting a win. And, and there wasn't a point in the game that we didn't expect to win that game. No, I didn't, I didn't look at that as stealing the win. We we had a lot of respect for for what they accomplished the week before. You know, we obviously being an uncommon opponent. I thought our players did a great job in the extra preparation, getting ready for their matchups. So, um, yeah, we we believe we're going to win that game from start to finish. What, what did that last say about the growth of your defense? You know, so much has been said. I was first win, I guess, for a Cowboys team scoring under thirty. When they scored less than 30 points in 2018, and usually had to score a lot because of the defense issue with Gelb and 17, and got the two turnovers. And I think every drive they had was in Cowboys territory. But well, I think like a lot, lot, lot of. A lot of things in football, you get what you emphasize, you know, and, and sometimes you get what you tolerate. And and I think our defense, you know, they they hold each other to a high kind to, to a high accountability. I mean, I think these guys, you see these guys interact, uh, their meetings, you know, the communication levels extremely high. I, I would definitely, and it's something you're always working on. You know, we're, we're every football team's working on it. But I just think that you know the standard that's been set in the room, um, and they're, and they're they're committed to it. So I mean, we got we got really good leaders. Uh, throughout the locker room, and, and I, I think it's very evident over there on defense this year. Does that start with Dan? You talk about, so communication, you talk about communication of that group. Does that start with Dan interview? Absolutely. No, Dan's done a tremendous job. I mean, I think, like anything, I mean, you know, Dan is as is, 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 Excellent as a communicator that I've ever worked with. So um, he's the same guy every day. Uh, brings the juice. You know, every, his energy is the same every day. Uh, very detailed in everything that he does, and every you know everything that he commands, he, he gives it. He gives it to them tenfold. So I mean, he's 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 been a huge asset for us. You mentioned Kellen. You mentioned Kellen was patient as a yes. play caller a couple of times. What? Why is that hard to be patient as a play caller? And what were they doing that 
made it be patience be the right way to go about it? Well, I just you know you watch the game, you know, particularly how they played their coverages. So uh, you know we went in there with a plan of you know we needed to be high completion percentage. So you know between Kellen and Dak, you know I thought they knocked that out of the park. You know I, our three step game was 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 way up. You know yesterday compared to the week before, and and um, you know that's. That's something you have to be patient patient with, you know. You, you especially with our receivers, you, you'd like to take more shots down the field, you know. And and there's a discipline to that. I, I thought I thought Kellen called an excellent game. As a young play caller, is that something like you just need to go through it to learn patience? Because you might just just say, okay, let's take a shot here, whether it's there or not. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's fair. I mean, I think you know Kellen has shown in, in his time as a coordinator that he can put his foot on the gas and and put up big numbers, you know. And you know, I, I love that about him. His aggressiveness, not only in, in you know calling the game, but also in the in the game plan, you know, component of it. So, um, yeah, being being patient and paying complimentary football, it, it takes a discipline. And I, I thought I thought he was excellent yesterday. You talked before about keeping him in place when you came because of the continuity and the relationship with that. But but still, you'd always you'd call plays. You're going to turn that over. You hadn't worked with him before. What? How many meetings did you have with him where you were comfortable and convinced that this is this is a guy we need to keep in place? This is going to work. Well, I mean, it was something that you know I gave a lot of thought to, and it, it, it was difficult. I mean, it was actually funny because we're uh, we, we were joking. Doug and I was joking about this uh, before the game. I was, I was in there just going through my call sheet and. And Kellen and I were standing on the sideline in the, the preseason game against Jacksonville. So, you know, because Doug, Doug called that game. So, and Doug and Kellen says, "Man, I'm I'm bored stiff." I said, "You're talking to the wrong guy, man. Tell me about it." So, uh, so it's it's it was a it was a big decision personally for me. But it, you know, when I looked at this opportunity, and and was blessed in, to get this opportunity. It was about Dak Prescott. You know, what, what was the best? What was the what, what would be the best to, to to continue to advance? You know, Dak and and the, the first thought was the language. You know, and and um, you know, and, and and just watching Kellen. You know, as a player, and and I just I remember when he was coming out of Boise and Chris Peterson talking about, you know, what he thought of him as a player, but not only you know his football mind. You know, he, he's a coach's son, all those things. So. I thought it was a very natural transition because, frankly, my focus was, you know, I knew the biggest change was going to be the defense. You know, we knew, you know, this, there was a defensive system that was here for a long time, and and, and that that's that was my focal point. And um, I thought it was clearly the best thing for Dak. And this is, you know, like I tell him, Dak, when we talk football, you know, this is his offense. You know, I want him to have the same offense his whole career. You know, I've, I've been fortunate to work with Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and you know, when they have the, you know, be, being systematic and build building that system around them is, is, a, is a big part of the success on offense. And, and that's the way it'll always be as long as I'm standing up here. Kellen interviewed for the Eagles job mm -hmm. in the offseason. Were you thinking that, OK, he's going to get an opportunity here sooner rather than later? Oh, I th yeah, I think he's ready. Yeah, I mean, I just, in my personal opinion, I'll work with him for over a year. You know, I, I think he'd be an excellent candidate for any head, any head coaching job. It's only two weeks in, but how good is Dick's playing right now? Oh, really, really good. I mean, he's, I mean, he's had two tremendous matchups, you know, two weeks in a row, and he's and he's he's answered the bell. Um, you know, he's he's had some, you know, he's, the only negative in his game has been, has been the combative penalties, you know, and and if you don't have combative penalties as a football team, you know, maybe maybe you got to look at, you know, maybe we're not playing hard enough. So, other than that, I, I think I think he's played at a very high level. 
You mentioned it with the first year head coaches, Staley and now Sirianni. What's the challenges that present for you guys? Just, just no time on task, watching and see what they really yeah, are. The newness, you know. I mean, it's you know we're we're in the era of you know unscouted looks and. Uh, you know, everybody's coming out of the off season. You know, usually the first four games it takes to really get a beat on, you know, tendencies and you know what a, how a guys really wants to play. And so, um, and then top it off with, you know, the whole different you know spread offense. So the, the newness of their of their staff is going to be the challenge. But Layton and Jalen's attitude. Obviously, so much was focused on Mike. They were big guys here, and obviously. They didn't get a lot of play time last week, but they stayed in tune and certainly the yesterday. Yeah, I, I just think it points to their commitment and, and really, you know, tell tells you a lot about them as men, as individuals. I, I think, you know, both Leighton and uh, Jalen have, have been so consistent, and, and I know just in my time here, you know, and I and I say that I know all the time, but that's that's what I appreciate. I, I think players that and coaches, it's important to be the same person, personality every day. You know, it's, um, you know, everybody's in, in charge of their own energy and you know, it's, it's important to, to be consistent with your energy every day and you know I think those guys exemplify that very well with, with Amari on the ribs was that from the hit that he took earlier in the game in the end zone or was it that play you know or something that he'd been I think, with? I think it was that play and it, it's something that, you know he, he was you know dealing with for a little bit from last week on Dak's interception what was the coaching plan there are a couple guys over there who was the intended receiver uh, I was the intended receiver CD one of the touchdown runs, Dalton's blocking showed up on Bosa. What is he yeah. agreeing in that game, especially when you're, you're trying to help out? Yeah. I, th I thought our, I thought both our tight ends blocked very well. I thought Dalton, you know, probably had one of his best performances blocking. You know, I, I thought we had, you know, a couple of plays in that first series that you know we, we can clean up. But I, I thought that the run blocking unit as a whole and, and, and those guys were definitely at the point of it. You know, um, particularly when we were trying to lean right by design. You know, and we needed a big performance from our tight ends, and we got it yesterday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.